You've tuned into the Rev Up podcast, broadcasting straight from Ducati Sanford in sunny central Florida. We're not just talking motorcycles, we're diving deep into the brilliant minds of business leaders, entrepreneurial pioneers, speed demons on the track, influential game changers, and downright rad people crushing this game called life. Let's Rev Up. Welcome to the Rev Up Podcast. I'm Nate, and we got Ducati Dave here. Uh, we have a very special guest today, uh, Miguel Hernandez. He is with Moto Vita Apparel and iView Marketing. He's a local business owner, owner here and out of Lake Mary, Florida, right? Longwood. Longwood, Florida. And uh, he's a really good uh, customer and family member at Ducati Sanford, and he's got some pretty interesting stories, and we wanted to get him on the pod and kind of learn a little bit more about him and just have a, a cool conversation. So welcome to the pod. Yeah, Thanks, guys. Appreciate <laughs> it. Appreciate it. We Yeah, reach all the way over. So uh, thanks for coming on. Thank you. So this is like our fourth one. You know, we're kind of moving in, getting better and better, uh, sets changing and stuff like that. So hopefully you enjoy yourself. But um, yeah, thank you for coming on. And, and basically the way we do it, and kind of tell your story a little bit and how you got into motorcycles, as well as how you got into your business and sure. the way you do stuff. So you got into motorcycles as a kid, about nine years old? Yeah, um, it was different. I came from a background with nobody riding motorcycles except literally my grandfather great-grandfather in Cuba right. my parents are Cuban and they're immigrants they came here in the 50s and my grandfather had a Indian motorcycle 1948 Indian wow. and he had a 1952 Harley so my grandfather was a medical rep for Procter and Gamble in Cuba really? so yes yeah, what he did okay. believe it, in Cuba they had everything just like yeah. the United States yep basically without English yeah. before, you know, Fidel Castro took over. So my grandfather was a really big motorcycle guy, but my dad wasn't. Yeah. He just wasn't. So I kind of inherited that gene from him. So coming here, living, you know, my parents immigrated. I was born here in the States. I got into motorcycles by luck. You know, I had this, I always had a bicycle, you know. Yeah, yeah. I was um, raised humble. Yeah. But they got me this used Schwinn, and it had like this, Shifter, shifter in the middle yeah, yeah. with a speckly, sparkly seat. I don't yeah. know if it was a girl seat, but was that's that what the, it came uh, with. Like the bike that Pee Wee Herman had in uh, Pee Wee's Big it, Adventure. I, it's a Schwinn it's a I, I don't know <laughs> what it was, but my dad yeah. bought it at a garage sale yeah, for yeah, me, yeah. and I don't know if I had a girl banana, seat on it. No, the but it was was normal. But what I remembered about the bike, it had this sparkly little seat yeah. on it, yep. and yeah, I got made fun with it. But I love that bike. So finally, you know, after I tore it up to pieces, jumping little wooden <laughs> ramps with yeah. it, yep. um, we had this place called Big Wheel, and it was a lawnmower shop, and it was right down. I lived it. I was raised in Forest City in Altamont. It's still this, to this day. You go there, and it's a time capsule. Wow. From one section to the other, they haven't built anything. Same buildings. You're in a time capsule yeah, from yeah. the '60s in there in the '70s. So I went over there, and um, Jim, who ran Big Wheel, had red lines. BMX, yeah, BMX bike. your, yeah, your yeah. kind of field, my your forte. forte. Yeah. Of course, I couldn't afford anything like that. But, you know, my dad eventually <laughs> got me one, and it was really hard for them. But I got a, I got a BMX Mongoose. It was my dream bike. My first bike, too. But I grew out of it. And one day I go in there to get my chain adjusted and all that. Sure and behold, there's this Kawasaki KD100, this little motorcycle, but... Mm. I just fell in love with this thing, but it didn't run. Yeah, yeah. But he was just like, well, I'll, you know, I'll trade you your BMX for that bike in a hundred bucks. So, you know, my dad didn't know, you know, yeah. so I, I start rolling it to the house. My dad's a mechanic and he's like, 
what the hell is that? <laughs> and I go, it's a motorcycle. And he goes, do you know how to ride it? No. And he goes, well, we'll start it up. Oh, it doesn't run. Oh, my God. He goes, so let me get this straight. I buy you a BMX bongoose that you drove me crazy for years. Yep. And now you have this motorcycle. So he didn't know how to work on it. But Dwayne next door was a painter for those billboard signs. And he knew how to work on it. And sure enough, we took the head off and we got it to work. And all hell broke loose. It was a three-speed. Oh, yeah. And here I am. I got on it. And it was like, I mean, my hairs will stand up. So it's like natural. Yeah. yeah. I got on yep. that bike. I didn't have a helmet. Right. So, you know, back then it was garage sales after yard sales. And I found a helmet, a mm -hmm. bell, yeah, yeah, for ten bucks. Yeah, probably was put too it big, on. Right? Yeah, it's it probably too big. Too big. Yeah. The fuzz was coming out of yep. the lining. You know, mm -hmm. it's what I could afford. But I had a Kawasaki KD100 bike, and I would just run up and down this neighborhood. And finally, <laughs> you know, Mr. Parks across the street couldn't stand me with mm -hmm. that loud two-stroke yeah. KD100. Well. He knew I loved the bike. I raised so much hell. He called the sheriff's department on me. I almost got in trouble. My dad got warnings. Yeah. But then one day, Mr. Parks, as as life will tell you, he just made it difficult for me. Yeah. One day he got injured. He was a retired man. So I said, hey, I'll tell you what. This guy bought every year a freaking brand new Lincoln Continental. And he had to wash it with that zip wax. Oh, that yeah, he yeah. poured into the yep. bucket. And I'm sitting there and I said, I'll tell you what, Mr. Parks, I'll wash your car every Saturday morning and dry it if you just lay off of me riding my motorcycle. <laughs> That's how much I wanted to ride yeah, this yeah, bike. Yeah. And sure enough, he looked at me and he bargained me and he goes, all right. Well, years went by. He knew it. He, we got to be very good friends. Mm -hmm. I actually right. went to his funeral mm -hmm. about 10 years ago. He's a really good man. Yeah, yeah. He ended up buying me literally a brand new KX80. No way. KX85. 85, yeah. He bought it brand new, and that's how I got into motorcycles, and um, that was it. That I, was I, it. You I, were hooked. It, I was, it was like <laughs> venom inside of me, and it was the good venom. Right. I couldn't get away from it, but my mom was very against me having motorcycles. I wrecked into the house. I lived on a lake. <laughs> I would build a ramp and go right into the lake, come out with it, and waterlog the bike. Oh, yeah. I was just nuts, you know, and I couldn't get away from it, man. And finally, you know, when I got into my older ages, 18, I said, hey, I want a Ninja, because I had a Kawasaki. Right, right, right. I didn't even know anything about Ducatis or any other bikes. And she's like, if you get a motorcycle here in this house, I'm going to have to let you kick you out of the house. Yeah, yeah. And I went idle with the motorcycles for until I moved out and got married. Really? And that was it. I couldn't have a motorcycle in their house. They just would not allow me. But you me never to let it go in the back of your head. No, it was really, it was really depressing because all my friends had bikes, but I had to respect my parents. You know, when you come from a household like I was, oh, yeah. they were regardless, very strict. Very strict. Yeah, yeah. So um, I got into getting a Harley and Harley after Harley, Harley after Harley. So your kid and the motorcycles get retired for a little bit. At that point, you're you're growing and you are looking to start your own company or business yeah, and like, like talk I, um, we want to talk about your business yeah, too so i, I guess we can to, i went to um i graduated in healthcare, so i got into healthcare. i ran nursing homes geriatric nursing homes and i got burnt out of that back in you know the late you know late 2000s i just said i'm, I'm done with this mm -hmm. i don't want to do it. so i took a sabbatical for a month and a buddy of mine who owned a building happened to have a printing company in there that he bought in a fire sale and i said hey you know i got an idea i can print medical record forms and it just started with that. Oh, really? So then I started taking all my hobbies, you know, shooting, yeah. cars. I started printing. Yeah. And that's how I got into it, literally by accident. I mean, I didn't even go, I don't even know how to 
push a copy button. Right. But really? I got into it. You learned it. And, did and it? it just evolved. And I took all my friends like, what do you do now? I go, I'm printing. Yeah. They're like, well, I got stuff you can print. And all these health care accounts that I knew, they were like, hey, can you print this for us? Can you do this for us? And it just kept going. Growing. And I got lucky. Yeah. I got very blessed, and that's, that's how cool. I got into printing. Okay. And and by the way, he does all of our shirts yeah. for the and store. Then right? I started doing apparel, yep. which yep. I knew any, nothing about. And literally, God's been good to me and the people that I've been surrounded with. And it just, my, you know, my wife was like, you went to college, and you did all this health care, and now you're printing? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I, I like it. Yeah. It's, you know, I can work with more people. Right. I got out of all the politics and healthcare. I, you know, working in geriatric care and you work in nursing it's homes, it's a very um, unique situation. You see a lot of life and death and you yeah. see things that you don't want to see anymore. And after 16 years mm -hmm. doing that, I was ready for a change. And here I am and I'm enjoying it. It has its up and downs. But, you know, I, I really enjoy it, though. It gives me more time to be with my family. gives me more time to do things like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's how it came about. And um, you're probably always, whoever's wondering how I got into Ducatis. Well, yeah, yeah that was the next thing. Well, first, yes, how you got into Ducatis, because that leads into Motivita too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, how did you? Yeah, cool. So everyone has been seeing your Motivita apparel. You know, we share we, it. We, we share it. Yep. We wear the shirts. We see a lot of the guys in our DOC wearing the shirts. You see it all over. We support you. So uh, how did that come about, and what, what exactly is that? Can you, can you kind of fill us in there? It, um, it actually goes back when I was a kid, you know, and I'll get into the point of, how you guys helped me with Moto Vita because um, Moto Vita is, means motorcycle life in Spanish. Yeah, yeah. And then I gave it a slogan of life on two wheels. I always believe that, you know, everything to me is connected with a motorcycle. For True. some reason it, it yeah. is. It, it, gives me a, it gives me a sense of freedom and disconnect. When I'm stressed out, I get on a bike yeah. and I get away. Yep. So with Moto Vita is I wanted to do not just an apparel company. I wanted to create a culture. I wanted to connect with the community, with everybody around. That was on two wheels. And I I came up with the name and it was I was on board. I started it in 2020. Yeah, and then you ran into some problems. I ran into some problems. I told Dave about it. I had yeah, yeah. a guy that just fictitiously took my name. Some guy out of I think near Mexico said it was his name. Right. Well, you know, Thousands of dollars later with an attorney. One day I'm walking into the gym. He calls me. He goes, hey, you got your name back. The guy was a fraud. I remember, yeah. And you're ready to go. And literally, and not long ago, mm -hmm. maybe this year, early this year, I really started bringing it out. You know, you all were very Ramping supportive. Up, yeah. Nate was like, hey, what's, what's Moto Vita? And I started producing the shirts. I brought in some people. A lot of, I got, the biggest support was you guys. Yeah, yeah helping me push the name out there and everybody was like very supportive. So I started telling people about it. They started grabbing some shirts yeah. I, and um, here I am today. It's growing. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm really making it grow as much as I can. The only thing is, is that it's tough because, you know, you have a lot of competitors out there. Yeah, of course. There's a lot of motorcycle competitors and you have to tread softly how you do that. Correct. What I like mostly about it is, is that people really connect to it. They right. like, they enjoy it. Yeah. They enjoy it. And, um, we have a lot of things for the future coming. Yeah, nice. It's just going to take some time, mm -hmm. and I'm in baby steps right now. But the yeah. most important thing is I have a good following now, and 
with, you know, Sky Power Sports and Ducati Sanford, you all have been an immense help for us. We're, we're, you know, we really have appreciated everything that you guys do. The events mm. were always hits. Mm. And now with our new website that's going to be launched in January, it's a completely revised new website. Has a lot of um, new features. Like literally you can talk to my website and say, hey, I'm a size medium. What do you offer in black? And it'll just bring everything up. Oh, that's cool. Has a lot of AI in it. Yeah, wow. That's amazing. So we're really excited about that. But yeah, and um, Moto Vita is, you know, a big part of my life now. Ivy will always be there because it runs itself, but Moto Vita is like a, a big passion, baby. passion project. It, it, it really is. And I'm going to continue working on I have my children, my kids, you know, I want it to be literally for them as well. Yeah. They enjoy it. I'm not, gonna say that, I'm not going to say that they're going to always do it, but, right. you know, well, I want them to be part of it. Yeah, I, really I can do. see that. That comes through in, like, the things you post on your social media. You can see it's very – you include your family, and it's it's very uh, – Oh, yeah. Family-oriented. Yeah, it's a yeah. family-oriented brand, and you're not just a lifestyle brand or motorcycle brand. It's a, it's a, f- a very family dynamic there that is uh, it's special. A lot of companies don't focus on that, and I think no. it's super important. Well, again, it, like I said, it's life on two wheels. I don't want it to be just an apparel thing. Right. I want it to be a culture. I want literally people that if they wear our shirt, we appreciate the sale. You give but, back. But yeah. we want people to know that it's literally you're wearing what you represent. Like when you ride a bike, we try to put something on there that whatever you ride, you're representing it. Correct. That's what. That's basically what Moto Vita is. And we don't want it to just be locally. We want it to be internationally. And it's funny that we're talking about this because I got pictures from Quick Shifter. Mm-hmm. And he's from, I can't pronounce the name correctly, Her, Her, Her Hemmerenby, Germany. Yeah, so Germany. he took pictures from Germany and sent me, he's wearing my shirts from Germany. <laughs> yeah, and, awesome. you know, I've got a guy named Danny that he's in um, Medellin, Colombia, and he's wearing my shirts. So they take pictures in their country and send that, you know, and I'm, I feel very honored that my shirt, a, a, a small little guy in Longwood, my shirts are being worn in other countries right now. And yeah. they love them, you yeah, know, they, they, really they, they really do. But again, it's going to take some more time. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm literally an amateur at this right now, yeah. learning, you know, and you know, when I surround myself with good people and people like yourselves supporting me, talking about it, it really makes me feel humble and blessed. That's cool. Awesome. That's really cool. So let's kind of talk about how you found us and the Ducati Sanford story. <laughs> so there's um, a funny one with that. There's a um, yeah. that's unique because mm-hmm. coming from a heart, you know, always riding Harley Davidsons and not having a sport bike. Um, in 1987, I was at my sister's house. True story. On she lived on Princeton Street. In Over, Orlando, yeah, yeah. and I'm riding with my brother-in-law, his Ford Ranger. That's how much this impacted me oh, with God. Ducati. Yeah, so I'm pulling up to a light, and here's Princeton and Virginia Drive, and I see this beautiful yellow motorcycle. Okay, just, just, it, just, it wasn't red. It, it wasn't red, but it just popped out at me, and I pull up to the light. And the guy looks at me, and I look at him, and I go, "Man, that is the most beautiful motorcycle." Because it's not a motorcycle. This is a Ducati. <laughs> he was he's not wrong. Yeah, he he's not serious. wrong. He goes, in, and we're at the light, and I go, I wish I could see. He goes, well, I'm going to pull over so you can see it. So we pull over. And my brother-in-law, Danny, he's a, you know, he's a redneck. He's like, oh, what the hell's a Ducati? Yeah. And I'm like, well, I want to see this. And the guy yeah. goes, son, he literally looked at me, he looked at me, he goes, son, he goes, this is a hand-built motorcycle. Yes. And he goes, 
and there's nothing like a Ducati. So then, of course, I'm like, well, where can I get one? He goes, he just laughed at me. And he's yeah. like, it takes a while to get one of these. You yeah. Know, because they were, back I don't then, even know what it was. I don't know if it was a, a, what was it back in 1988? What kind of Ducatis were there? Super, it was a super so, bike. Well, there was, there were the, they, they had the super sport and they, they always had their monster style, which is the naked. And then they had their super bike styles. So they've always been. Uh, back then, it would have been like the 916, you know, okay. the 749, stuff like that. It had a square light like in the front. Yeah, yeah. A big square light, but it was yeah. just stunning. Yeah. And um, that stuck in my head forever. Yeah. So I thought in my head I can only have Harleys. Mm-hmm. I had Harley after Harley after Harley. So one day I told my wife, I'm like, you know, that's it. There is a, there is a Ducati dealership <laughs> in Sanford. She's like, oh, God. Because she knows. Yeah. I started getting story, in a tangent. Yeah. It's going to be something. So I come in your dealership. I didn't know David at that day, at that time, but I'll get to that in a moment. So I walk in and there's this young kid. He's wearing this blue shirt and it says Sky Power Force. I'm like, is this a Ducati dealership? (laughs) And it was. You guys were just apparently opening up. So I come in and there's in the corner this Super Sport because that's all I thought. Everybody's like, hey, be careful what you get. This is a perfect bike. So I go in there and instantly, you know, I want the bike. I want the bike and I bought the bike. I bought the bike and I didn't know anything about it. No one really kind of briefed me about the bike, you know, because, it, you know, I was so impatient of getting it. Yeah. So I take it home and I, I didn't have a great experience. Okay. Don't take this wrong, but I'm going to get to the why this turned out to be a good relationship. I, I just didn't feel the camaraderie there telling yeah. me, hey, you know, this is what's part of the bike. It's what you got to do. It was just like, a, you know, I don't think the, the guy knew right. a lot about the bike either. Yes. So I, anyway. That, that was when we first opened. Yes. Yes, correct. Know, yeah. Uh, public service announcement. Yeah. Where you're getting our bearings here. Yeah. We've come a long way. Yes. Let's yes. Say. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I'll get to that okay. and, and I'll tell the public why. So I buy the bike. So I was a little bit disgruntled. I felt like a moron buying mm. a, a fast bike. I didn't really know a lot about it. Right. So... At that time, I heard rumors that there's some change coming. Yeah. He was coming, mm-hmm. and um, things are going to change because um, there's a the lady that runs finance, Jamie, Jamie, told me, "Hey, look, just don't let that affect you." I called. That's who I was talking yeah. to, and I didn't know Nate at the time. So I buy the bike. I got mad and I sold it. I went back to Seminole Harley and I sold the bike, and I bought another another motorcycle. And then I never rode it. I was so angry, but it stayed in my mind. And then as I'm calling, I'm finding out that you're there. And I went and bought it. I went to iRide in October when my wife went traveling. I didn't even tell her. <laughs> so they had this V4 2019 with 900 miles. And I said, I want it. And I, I, I want this bike. <laughs> and I, I, I traded my bike and I swiped my car and I take this bike home. And I couldn't even ride it. So they trailered it to my house. And... Didn't even tell my wife. I hid it in the garage, covered it up, <laughs> and I didn't want to tell her because that would be the second. Because then she's like, "Okay, now I know I know you're nuts when I met you, but now I know you're really nuts because yeah. you buy a Ducati, you sell it, get a Harley, and you sell it and buy another Ducati." So, but when I went to your dealership, in the front there was this absolute masterpiece motorcycle that I could never quit, and I never obsessed that much about a bike, but it was a V4R, okay. and it was yes. right in the front, and um just sitting there and I'm like, oh my God, what would be a dream to own a motorcycle like that? I read about it, it was supposed to be the fastest thing on the planet, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. Well, I'm in St. Augustine. Okay. Vacation, it is 2020, yep. November, I never forget this. So Miami had a used 2019. I'm sitting in my um, mm. my bed and breakfast in 
in St. Augustine. I'm looking at him, and I called, and I go, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to call Ducati Sanford one more time, and he picks up the phone, and I go, he goes, hey, how you doing? And I go, hey, this, my name is Miguel, and I bought this. He goes, oh, yeah, I kind of heard a story about that. He goes, what's going on, man? And I go, well, I got this 2019 um, V4, and it has all, everything done on it. It was all carbon fiber. Yeah, had a bunch the of guy stuff did it. everything super to nice. it. It was super clean. So, so I went to, you know, to David, and David's like, so what, what's up, man? What do you want to do? And I said, well... I know this sounds crazy, but I want to um, I want to buy that V4R. And he's like, yeah, no problem. And I'm like, really? And he goes, yeah, no problem. So he's like, just come in when you can and let me know. So this is a true story. Um, after I had my first experience, David was off that day. I kind of walk in and there's this tall guy sitting behind the counter. I don't know who he was. And he's like, what can I do for you, sir? And he goes, he goes, I'm going to buy that V4. And he goes, oh, you, you're not going to buy that. That's too much motorcycle for you. You don't want that. You want a super sport. And I'm like, I felt like saying I already had, had one, yes. a super yeah. sport yeah. and I want that yeah. bike. So after that day happened, I called David back and I go, look, I can't get, he goes, what are you talking about? And I go, can't get it. He goes, the guy told me, he goes, he goes from now on, just talk to me. That's yeah. what David yeah. said. Just talk to me. So... I, I'm not going to mention the salesman's name, yeah. but at the end of the day, you know, we, um, I go in there and sure enough, David's like, I'm going to make this happen for you. We're going to make this work. So it was COVID. Yeah. It's right a 2020 V4R. My luck, there's rebates on this bike. And next thing you know, I own this pipsqueak, which I call oh my. myself <laughs> a 2020 V4R. Mm -hmm. That's really my first Ducati because I never rode the 19. Nope, you didn't. And I never rode the super sport. <laughs> super yeah. sport. So my first Ducati is a 2020 V4 R. R. And it was really humbling because honestly, he really went through hoops to get me that yeah. bike. And, you know, back then in COVID, things weren't really moving. Things, a lot of things were happening. It was different. Mm -hmm. But sure enough, I got the bike and then it became an addiction it because yes. uh, um, coming into the dealer, there was so much dynamics going on. I saw all this positive energy, I mean, from parts and service and then even a volunteer that works there was helping me and it just kept going. And, you know, he was like, hey, don't don't ever think anything. If you really want something, we're going to find it. And in COVID, it was hard to find parts. So I literally absolutely drove everybody. And that, that's when everybody started knowing who Miguel was because yes. I was antsy about stuff and everybody knows me. If I see something, I want to get it and I want to expedite the shipping. And David's like... Because we're really trying to find these parts for this yeah, bike, yeah. but it's just hard right now. But here's the good news: you got the bike, and the bike came with rear rear sets. I mean, it I could go on all day. Yeah, yeah, it was done. And I still own the bike. Yeah, to this day, 960 miles are on it, but I still mm -hmm. own it. It's four years old, but I literally adore that motorcycle, and it's sentimental because I bought it on my dad's birthday, correct, mm. on December the first. So. How many bikes afterward? Not 22 bikes later. Yeah, 22 yeah. bikes. Well, I like, appreciate the transparency in the story. I know. Yes. I, pre yeah, I, know yeah. I, I like the story because it shows that, you know, we were able to overcome a lot of uh, just kind of the beginning stages of opening a company. We, you know you go through different trials and tribulations, and it's it's never easy to kind of get your feet off the ground. And you, you go through team changes. You, you just you're, – you're in the swirl, right, mm -hmm. trying to – get your processes dialed in and build your clientele and do the right thing. But you just, you don't always get it right. So there's oftentimes where you, you, you fail, but we learn from those opportunities. And I think we've been able to really step up and, and, and continue to evolve and get better and better and better. 
and we still have a lot of work to do. I mean, it's, we, still, we still have a ways to go, but we're going to always be trying to elevate our business and do a better job and go to the next level. I think with sets, you know, from my experience, I don't know about all the other customers and people that walk in. I don't feel like when I walk in there, I'm walking into a dealership. I'm very comfortable going in there. You know, I'm, I always felt that everybody would literally go out of their way to make something happen for me. Yeah. As much as a pain in the ass that I am, uh, you know, but everybody would really. Well, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to. Uh, it goes back to what you were saying when you were working on Motivita is build a, a community and, and build this family. I, so my little thing was I always saw and we've been in dealerships for a long period of time mm-hmm. and I've always seen how customers walk in and they either feel overwhelmed or insecure or you know what I mean and they don't feel like they're welcome into places you know sometimes people 100%. don't say anything to them some people are hound them you know what I mean so trying to find that fine line was really difficult right yeah. and, and everybody's different you can't treat you the same way you treat Billy Joe Jim Bob right so when I was doing this I, I said I got to do it and make the people feel like the way I want to feel like when I walk into a place so building a family and building a culture and building this thing was something that he allowed me to do, which most owners don't let you do. It's, look, this is how you have to do business, da-da-da-da. And I know that it's the right way to do things, but it's also not. You also have to adapt to the world and adapt. You can't be that used car salesman. I hated that. I've always hated that. You know, if I can achieve this for you, will you do this? No, that's not what it's about. If you make somebody feel comfortable, they'll come back. Well, one thing I can say about your dealership, I've never been pressured to buy anything. And I really can tell you, I have never, ever, both sides, Sky, Ducati, Mm -hmm. never have been pressured. Basically, it's like, okay, you don't want it? No big deal. No pressure. But the the difference that I feel over there at Ducati Sanford than any dealership that I've ever bought a motorcycle is that when I buy something, I really feel like when I ride out of there, I feel like I'm a part of something. I get follow back. I get feedback. Mm -hmm. Hey, man, how'd you like it? It's not like I bought it and that's it. You do you like taking the anybody. pictures? Do yeah. you like taking the you pictures? Because some people I mean, like it, some people no, don't. You get pictures taken and you feel, and then and then uh, three weeks later, a month, they're mentioning you. Hey, you know, he's part of us. We really appreciate it. You don't you don't get that. Look, I'm not knocking anything where I've been before. You get a picture taken, you're done. Yeah. Right. You're done. You're gone. Now, when you walk in, the red carpet is rolled out. Well, that, we we do a reverse osmosis where you know we're not going to pressure you to purchase, but you know, then you're going to turn and pressure us to sell you something. Right. 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 It's hilarious. You know right, what? Right. It's actually hilarious. Right. That's actually correct. Right, right, right. It's like, no big deal, Miguel, if you don't want it and you walk out and you're like, I really want that thing now. You know, I want, right. I want that right. bike, right. you know, because somebody else is going to get it in. And here's, and, and maybe like you're saying, yeah. the psychology yeah. is like, you know, don't worry, Miguel, it's no pressure, but you know, I, I'm sure somebody's going to buy it. I mean, they don't really last that long. And then you're like, Oh no, you know, yeah. I want that bike. Show me that bike. Yeah. Right. And it's yeah. really cool. But again, going back to that red carpet thing is like, I always felt that I got red carpet when you're just going to buy something. I go in there probably twice a week, maybe sometimes more to your dealership. Yeah. And there's always something new, clean. And you know, Hey, did you see this? But it's not like, Oh, you got to get rid of what you got. You got to buy right, this. Right, right. No. I never get that feeling. Right. It's like, no, in fact, it's like, no, I really think you should just hold on to that. Hold on to it for a while. 
think Enjoy about it. it. You know, yeah. nothing, nothing pressured like, no, you got to get rid of it. Of course, everybody wants to sell you something, but I don't get that vibe there. Right. It's like, hey, Miguel, look, right well, it's now. It's your clubhouse. I, huh? It's your clubhouse. It's, it's, a, it's it, a place to come in and feel comfortable. And I think it's more than a clubhouse. It's actually a place to, it's therapy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know that sounds kind of stupid, whoever's listening to this, but I go there and sometimes I might be having a bad day. Like, I don't want to be in my building. I don't want to deal with anybody. But I go over there and it's, Nate will come up. Hey, what's going on? You'll come up. Hey, what's going on? I'll talk to and it's everybody. not just you guys, it's yeah. everybody. Yeah. This, and if people can really hear me, and I don't know about the other people that have been on this show, it is a really good place. People really treat you good there. I've never been treated like, you know, I'll go to parts, I get a handshake, uh, sometimes a hug. You know, I'll go into the back, which is very rare to walk back there. If they're working on my bike, you'll walk me back. Hey, look at the mechanic. Even the mechanics, you know, they're like, hey, Miguel, I'm doing this to your bike. It's a whole different, if you really, if people are listening and you really want to have, not to sell the dealer, you know, like, like they'll tell you, and I'll say it now, it makes no difference to me. I can tell you, I've been around the block and I've owned a lot of bikes. It's a different experience. Yeah, so you can go, that. you can go, you can go a lot of places, and you you can be a number, or you can be family at Ducati Sanford, and I mean that. I appreciate it, that. That's a lot of work, and not for nothing. You don't get that in three years or three point five years for nothing. You just yeah. don't. Right. And I was blown away. I mean, I'm I was surprised when you let me in that day, and they announced it, mm-hmm. but. I, I, it wasn't really like a shocker. Yeah. No, I mean, we were glad that you were able to be a part of that. Yeah, it wasn't know? like a shocker because, you know, you guys, you know, you bust your ass in there to make people feel good. You know, there's, right. I mean, everybody has their days. Not everybody's going to be completely happy. I get sometimes irritable because I'm a baby and I want things yeah. there. You know, right. like I'm like sometimes don't understand the dynamics of how long it takes to get a part. But you do Italian. make it fun. You really do make it fun and interesting. <laughs> Not all the you, time. You are you are probably one of the the ones that come in that you make it fun. You make it interesting. You you see things and you you you're like me when it comes to customizing. You want to do things and you want to do it different than other people have done. And I always dig that with you because um, I get tired of seeing the same stuff. You know what I mean? And I get I like when when we venture out and try different things. Like your your scrambler now. It looks really nice and and I know that it didn't go the way you wanted it to all the way, but it still looks really amazing. I can't wait to see the X Diablo S that mm-hmm. you're doing now. Um, all your bikes have a, you know your your personality to them. Yep. And they're not like half ass done. They are literally they and they're done tasteful and they're not overdone, which I dig that. I dig that a lot. We've done some pretty cool projects there. And um, another part of not, I don't want to make it just a part of me, it's my family, my kids. Oh, they come My two boys, they love that they run around, and I hate to say it, they kind of do what they want. They'll get inside of a side-by-side. They get into a slingshot, and they even talk about it in school, and they love their gas, gas bikes. They love their Suzukis. I mean, And they they get these little... Motorcycles, the little Ducati. Yeah, <laughs> this dealer, this place, for some reason, it, you know, riding motorcycles for so long, it changed yeah. my life yeah. a lot, and yeah. I mean that sincerely. It changed me the way how I, I do my daily activities. You know, people know where I'm at. Hey, if you can't find Miguel at work, it's probably at Ducati Sanford, right? <laughs> right. the gym or Ducati Sanford, <laughs> gym yeah. or Ducati yeah. Sanford, yeah. and you know, it's true. I'm so blessed to know so many good people there that have changed a lot about me, you know, and I can, I can be here all day talking about it, but you know, I personally believe that, you know, it comes from the top from people like you that do that and it just filters down and it, and it really made, I mean, think about it. You've only been open, what, four years? 
Well, it's a very interesting conversation because, you know, from your first experience, which wasn't so good, you know, we were able to, you gave us a second chance. So think of all the customers that may come into your business or have that first experience and it not go so well. And then you never see them again right. because they had that bad experience. Yeah. But, you know, I've always been a believer in, you know, turn your L's into lessons here. So we were able to luckily get you back in the door. And now it's like flourishing into this beautiful relationship. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it, it's just, it's a, it's been magic. Yeah. yeah. So really like, you know, you kind of got to look at that, you know, the next time you go into a place and things don't go quite as you, you give it a you, chance, you hope, maybe you need to give it a second chance. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you need to try, um, and not just be so like stand firm and like walking out the door, blowing right. out and just never giving them it's opportunity. True. And because things can change, things can happen. Yep. And, you, so, and well, everybody has a good day and bad day. You know? It takes two. It takes a few people because he could have blew me off. He could be like, hey, man, okay, you know, but, you know, it was a mission of, you know, think about it. It's not it's not about being arrogance, but not everybody, you know, me, even for myself, to buy a certain type of motorcycle. When you go to Ducati, you're not buying, to me, you're not buying a normal thing. You're buying an exquisite product. Right. And, it, and I keep telling this to a lot of people here that don't understand. Maybe they don't understand. When you come into it to buy a Ducati or, you know, a high-end thing like that, it takes a lot of work to sell something like that. And I don't look at it as selling. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a life-changing thing. You know, they're not the cheapest things in the world, but they're very exquisite. They're hand-built. There's like one thing he did put really well once, and I never thought of it. They have soul to them. They do. Because I've, I've, I've jumped the fence both. I have the BMW M1000RR, mm-hmm. and that bike was beautiful, and I was on that hype. But, you know, and where it really turned for me is when he said to me, you know, I've had remorse sells, sells. Yep. I bought a lot of bikes and sell them. And then I got buyer's remorse. Yeah. But one that really stuck to me is, and he told me, he's like, listen, um, you're going to get rid of your SP, the black, because I hated flat black. He did. He got the, one of the first SPs. And, and, I, and he's like, you're going to regret that. And I go, no, no, I'm not. And I bought the BMW and all that. But then one day he called me back and he said, this is another good story for the mm-hmm. dealer is that he goes, I found you an SP too. And I'm like, ah, oh. and he goes, and then I said, no, no, I, I'm going to give it a second chance. Yeah. To me now, it's my favorite motorcycle I own. I love that thing. It really does. And I really do love that bike a lot. And I'm glad I got it back. So it was another second chance. Again, I put my faith back into it. No, you're going to like it. And, you know, there's so many stories that I have from mechanics making me an impact. You know, the guys that you have, the detail that they go through. It's inevitable from finance, your girls in finance, you know, when I walk through the door, I just, they have their doors open. They listen to me. They listen to my BS. And one thing I wanted to say on this show, and I'm glad you brought me is that I am more than humbly happy that you all won this award, but I'm going to be honest with you. That's a great trophy. But to me as a business owner and, you know, just a father and a family man with my I believe that what's in that there, you already had a lot of trophies. All of you are the trophies because I'm telling you, if it wasn't for what you guys do, there is no way from everybody you wouldn't have that. And you wouldn't because I wouldn't be sitting here talking about it. You know, you all are the trophies. That's the, that, those are the awards that are hanging up there to me. It's when you come in and how you're treated because I've been to a lot of dealers mm-hmm. and I'm telling you this from my soul. It's not the same. And if anybody's listening out there, they it's not. You will be treated differently at Ducati Sanford than anywhere. And I've been all over Florida. 
I have pulled into dealerships. I've gone to Georgia. I've gone to South Carolina. I pulled in. It's not the same. And I really mean that from my heart. It's not, if not, why would a 50 some year old man act like a kid wanting to come into a dealer two and three times right. a week? Think about that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, we appreciate it. That's my opinion. Yeah, no, thank you very much. Those are, those are amazing words to hear, but you know, we're not, we're not done yet. You know, we, we have, you know, we've, we've climbed the mountain. We're on top right now and we want to, we don't want to plateau. We mm-hmm. want to go to the next level. And when you go to the next level, it's going to take a lot more effort and creativity and we got to build even more loyalty with our customers and we got to get better. I mean, our service department, I mean, uh, our technicians are phenomenal, mm-hmm. but we just, we need to work on a lot of things there with our, how we're communicating with customers and, and, you know, just elevating that service experience front of the house um, to have more of a red carpet experience when you're bringing your bike in to have serviced. And, and there's areas where we, we have to improve and it's a focus for 2024. They should so, get the same service in the front that they yeah. should going into service. Yes. So as they as you come in and purchase the bike, and we do the same for you that we do for everybody that comes in, should have the same effect yeah. and the same experience back there. Well, we just had that happen two weeks ago with my friend Sana. Remember the family that came in? Mm-hmm. You know, I... Yeah, unbeknownst to me, I, I tried to be a salesman. I, I said, listen. No, you bring a lot of people, trust <laughs> yeah. me. Yeah, so there's a great story for this, if we're going to end this podcast, is that Sana called me, and she's a good friend of mine. She's a, a head a waitress at a restaurant that I eat weekly at, and she wanted to buy a motorcycle, and she had an awful experience, like very horrible, where she went. I can't mention the name, yeah. but it was very close by, but mm-hmm. she could not believe the way she was treated. So she called me and I'm like, Sana, why, would, why didn't you tell me? Well, what can I do? I want a Honda Rebel. I said, okay, well, let me, let me call a couple of people and I might be able to find you something. I can't guarantee you they'll have the bike you want. Unbeknownst, I call and you had to use one there. Yeah, a, she came in and we tried. I yep. tried to push her, you into, tried a to scrambler her into a scrambler. Yeah, because I, I, I was, wanted her to something and new. I, and me personally, I, I let you do your thing, but I wanted her to feel comfortable and, yeah. and get what she wanted. But she didn't. She got to ride both. She did. So we brought both out, and um, she still focused and wanted the the Honda. Which listen, as long as she's comfortable and happy, that's all that matters. You both have no idea. And I told Nate to send a text. How happy. You made that family, not just her, her dad, they were the mom, yeah. you would think they would have bought 20 bikes and they literally, she, she sent me a text. I'm going to go riding with her. She's like, I really can tell you how happy I was to buy that bike over there. I've never, and let me tell you, they went through hoops to make that happen oh, for yeah, her. For sure. And she <laughs> could not believe, she said, I've never seen any dealer even her dad, who works in this yeah, industry, works. Yeah, he works at he's a car like, dealership. he thought that they would have just said, that's it. We can't do anything for her. But it just kept churning and poking up. and poking. And that girl walked out with that bike. She was crying. She called she me. Did. She was so happy. And I know a lot of people are like, yeah, yeah, whatever. But this is what sets a lot of dealers apart. It wasn't even a big bike purchase. Small. But it you all would think her. she was it buying. Was big for her. You would think she was buying the most expensive motorcycle in the dealership. That's how much work your staff went through to make this 24-year-old girl happy. She couldn't believe it. And let me tell you, there were some hoops to go through that. But But that's another story. I mean, you guys could just 
have rows. There's so many stories, <laughs> you know, of, we appreciate of, it, of people that are getting, you know, and it wasn't even, it wasn't even a Ducati. It was Honda. Right. So, no, you know, no, true. I could be here all day telling you, but I'm, I'm very grateful to be part of you guys, you customer no, and what family. you guys do. And, um, um, like I said, I don't, I would never get complacent. I would just keep going more and more because now the eyes are on you guys. Oh yeah. You awesome. got that. And they're like, well, how can, you know, I, I, I like what one of you said in one of the articles is that who would have thought some town in Sanford, Sanford Florida, yeah. North and South America. Yeah. Think yeah. about that. Some, there's gotta be people going, how? Well, when I was in Italy um, last year, unfortunately this year they did it on a video conference or video, uh, yeah, video conference. Um, I'm meeting all these people that are, you know, big wigs like California and Portland, which we know very well. But um, when I went to Italy and I met all these big wigs, you know, from these different dealerships and they're asking me where I'm from and they would look at me like, where is Sanford? I'm like, well, do you know where Disney World is? They're like, oh, you're in Orlando. I go, no, we're about 45 minutes north of that. They go, oh, Daytona. I go, no, we're before that. It's Sanford. And they're like, oh, and I go, never mind. Yeah, we're somewhere in Orlando or we're north of Orlando. So that was the best way to get it. Now, thanks to, you know, what happened in us getting the award, people know who we are now, which is really cool. And, and I appreciate that because we've worked really hard for that. So, What was the response after you guys won the award, knowing it's from Sanford, Florida? How do you think, like, you know, Italy announcing that, which I, I did see that on the, how, how did they respond to you all saying, you know, the small dealership against, it's like David and Goliath. Think about it. I mean, it's, it's a small dealership against California. I mean, it's everywhere. I always said to myself, think about that. That's a huge feat to do. That's like, you know, Tacoma Chevrolet against, you know, the largest Chevrolet dealership yeah. all over. I mean, that's huge, that man. Well, I got a lot of good feedback from my, like, um, kind of dealer buddies, like, outside of Ducati. Like, I got a ton of calls and congratulations. I mean, it was all over social media. I did get a personal phone call from Omar, the owner of Ducati Miami, yeah. to congratulate me, which was cool. Wow. So that was nice to know. But, I, you know, we didn't really – we haven't had the opportunity to get together with some of the other Ducati dealers on that level. Um, but I'm sure at the next conference, hopefully we get some uh, – um, kudos. We'll yeah, see. Yeah. We'll I, see. Um, a lot of them probably called us too. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Shaheen from Shaheen, Portland. Yeah. Yeah. Shaheen yeah. Yeah. From Moto Corsa. Yeah. Yeah. He was stoked. So yeah. we go way back with so him. So you're the first dealer that's ever done that in less than four years. Uh, I, I don't know that for sure. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that probably. might be. Yeah. That might wow. be because it, I, I don't know. Miami's been open for a long time. Most of the places have been open for yeah. more than five years, I'm, I'm pretty sure. But I'd like to know that. I'm glad you brought that up. That's something I'd like to find yeah, out. Yeah, yeah so. sure. And we want to keep winning it. Like I said, we want to be yeah, like the, 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 the Jordan era Bulls. We're going <laughs> to three-peat this thing. Yeah, 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 we got the race so. to 200 starting. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we got a lot It's going to be pretty cool. Well, Thank you for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thank um, you. It was a good talk. And uh, if someone needs printing services or needs T-shirts printed or wants to check out some Motivita apparel, how should they look you up? What, All what? they have to do is you need any kind of printing, any kind of apparel, um, uh, promotional products, go to iviewmarketing.com. And you can also go, if you want any Motovita apparel, go to motovita.net. We have everything in stock. We ship for free. So yeah, check us out and hopefully we'll have some more new news. And remember our new website is coming out yeah. January the 5th. Please check that website out. It's going to be very, very informative, much easier to use than the existing one that we have right now. Mm -hmm. 
and I'm humbled and grateful Thank for these you. gentlemen to bring me onto this show and all awesome. of you out there. God bless. <laughs> cool. Thanks. Thank you everyone for watching. Um, please subscribe, uh, follow us on our socials and we look forward to seeing you next week. And don't forget rev up. Yep. Rev up. You're